a little bit about, uh, more about this idea of story. Some of you may think this idea of story is a lesser idea. So let me tell you a story. In the beginning, God created everything you see. Cheap little fairy tale story, huh? Story's not very important. Let me tell you another one. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. Little story maybe some of you have heard of. Story, if you will, is what God is about. He is telling a story about himself through this, through creation, and through each of us. He's telling a story. And my question to us is, what's our part in that story? Do you know your part? We know a little bit about James's part, about Peter's part, a little bit about John's part, a little bit about Joseph's part. But do you know your part in that story? And unless you know your themes, you don't know your part in that story. You're just going through life eating, drinking, resting, watching your favorite show, basically escaping from the reality of why you're here. Keeping yourself busy and distracted through donuts, through hobbies, through whatever it is you choose to distract yourself with, to escape the reality and the beautiful gift of our part in this world in some ways. Because I don't read in Scripture that any of us has the gift of letting other people do all the work. I don't see that. I don't see that any of us have the gift of sitting on the couch. Maybe it's here somewhere. Now, rest is important. Rest is something we need to be about. But I will tell you that Jesus didn't escape because it was too much for him. He escaped to rest. It's a big difference. It's a big difference. Clay took last week off, not to escape because this is too much, but to purposely escape or go rest, if you will. Now, I'm losing something here. I want to get to it. There it is. Earlier I talked, to, I'm going to talk about youth today, and earlier I spoke about if we don't know our themes, we can't enter the life of another person very well. We have to answer, we, with, we have to solve questions. Those, those of, among a Christian community that are hyper-spiritual will quote the Bible with every, for everything. And if they're super hyper-spiritual, they'll quote King James, which is like quoting a foreign language to a junior higher. Why would you do that? Why don't they just quote Latin? It'll have the same impact. Those kids need to be like us. Those kids need to shape up. Kids these days, they, they're, they're a huge problem. They need to respect adults and obey. Let me tell you a story about Jesus in heaven. God, the Holy Spirit, he's gonna, and the Father and the Holy Spirit are going to send Jesus the Son down, incarnate in human form. And their mission was to tell those people to straighten up. Jesus, when you get down there, don't forget to tell them to quit listening to that music. 
Jesus, when you get down there, tell them to pull their pants up. I don't need to see that. Jesus, when you get down there, tell them to have better attitudes, even though their parents are sitting on the couch and don't get me started. I spent 20 years in youth work, folks. I'm a defender of youth. And if someone in the community comes after one of our youth, Clay, I will stand in that gap, probably with you and with half the people in this church. Kids make mistakes, and the Holy Trinity did not send Jesus to correct our mistakes. I can hear Jesus. All right, time to kick off public ministry. Y'all need to get your music act together. Too much organ, too much piano, too many people clapping. We don't do that in heaven. You need to be like us. All right. Goes down to the street corner down in Judea somewhere and says, Hey, kids, with all your sagging robes, pull those robes up. We don't dress like that in heaven. Kids standing on the corner listening to music. That's not what we sing in heaven. Hey, we play real harps. We don't play those electric harps in heaven. And by the way, Aramaic, we don't speak Aramaic in heaven. You guys need to get your act together. You need to speak what we speak. That's not what Jesus did, is it? God, the Holy Trinity, who created us and we rebelled against us, he entered our story and did not demand we enter his. Nowhere in the Bible does it say, my house, my rules, gentlemen. Nowhere. You say, my house, my rules, guess what happens? When I'm 18, it's your house and your rules. I'll see you later. That's what happens. When that boyfriend comes to your door and you jack the shotgun and you say, I wonder if you'll end up like the last guy. Guess what? He will end up like the last guy. He and his daughter will keep everything secret from you. They'll never get close to you, and they will stay away from the house. And I told them, you'll say down at the coffee shop with all the boys. Now, I've done a few things right and a lot of things wrong. But one of the things I did right when my daughters were dating came with them. I took them skiing. I let them drive my car until we got in the snow. And those boys, one in particular who dated my oldest, he is still one of my most trusted friends today at 42 years old. My daughter didn't marry him, but I brought him in close and I listened to his goofy stories and I, I watched him do goofy things and I watched him treat my daughter in kind of goofy ways, but we had a relationship and I'm like, hey man, come here. You're being a bonehead. That's my daughter. You can't talk like that. If I see it again, I'm going to wrap your brain. I love you. Let's go back to breakfast. Right? You enter into a relationship with these people. God did not come to the earth and tell us to shape up. He came to the earth and defended 
the vulnerable, defended the weak. He entered our story. Philippians chapter 2. God humbled himself, taking on the form of man, even a baby. Are you with me? So if we want to be like Jesus, we don't get all up in arms and write letters to the editor about kids these days. We go get involved with kids these days, and we enter their story, their geography, their language, their terms. People, we need to get over ourselves. We think it's about us, don't we? Now, I want to be kind to you all, but if you're over 60, you got about another 30 years. And I love y'all, but if you haven't figured out how to take care of yourself by now, I'm sure not going to get it into your head. Are you with me, over 60-year-olds? Hear me. If you haven't got it into your head by now and know how to feed yourself and know how to take care of yourself, I'm sure not going to fix it for you. It's taken over 60 years of your life to get that way. I'm not, you know, Sunday mornings for 25 minutes, I'm not going to. But I want to share my heart a little bit. If we're smart, and you guys are, we're going to invest in people that are going to be around here for another 40 or 50 or 60 years. And if I had a choice, Susie, between investing our resources in you and me or in those people that are back there right now, I'd choose them. If Susie and I haven't figured it out, we're not very bright. They still got a chance. They still got a chance. That's who I want to pour into. And that's why we have Clay Edwards. And that's why we have others of you who volunteer and you know who you are. Jesus came and entered our story. And he was pushing against the religious, my house, my rules, people. Pull up those pants, people. And he went to the ones with the saggy pants, the broken people, the ones who didn't know what to do, the ones who were, Scripture says, helpless and harassed and like sheep. You need to read your Bibles, people. Like sheep without a shepherd, Matthew chapter 9. We'll get there. That's who he went to. And there are lots of people who are harassed today, but I will tell you one, one group of people who are harassed, and I'm going to tell it to you this way. A group of people that are harassed is the youth. They're harassed by beer advertisements that tell them endlessly, to be cool, this is what you need to do. And here's how they do it. They use adults. They say, look at these cool adults. You want to be like these cool adults, then you need to do this. And they are harassed daily by television, telling them lies and inviting them to this false reality. They are harassed every time they open up Teen Magazine and they see someone who's 16 years old, already had cosmetic surgery, telling them, this is who you need to be like. This is what the cool life is. That's harassment. Do you know who Doug Morris is? 
Doug Morris was born in 1938. I don't know any high school students, not a one, that owns a music production studio. But I hear it all the time. Adults griping about kids' music, about the music we listen to. 50 Cent, he's old now, and there are, there are others who are new, but this is the one I'm aware of. 50 Cent was managed by and had a record deal with Sony Music. Do you think Sony Music CEO is a high school student? Sony Music CEO is Doug Morris, who was born in 1938. We are wrong when we blame the kids for music. It is adults jacking the kids around. I don't know any high school students who are on the board of Philip Morris Tobacco Company. I don't know a single high school student on the board of Philip Morris. It's adults. I don't know high school students that own publishing companies that have print media, that put out Vogue and Teen and others. I don't know any who own those companies. I don't know any TV executives that as soon as 7 o'clock hits, adult themes come on your television. Our kids are harassed. We should know what to do with that. But students are overexposed and underdeveloped. They have no idea, although you think you do, what to do with that stuff. But we expose them to it and we numb them to it so that it will eventually become the norm. And fringe societies harass our students with certain types of thinking to break them down, break them down. They don't care if they break you down today, tomorrow, or next year, but 30 years from now, they hope they've got you broken down so that the 30 years of America will look different than the 30 years of America looks at right, and you are harassed. You are the target of nearly everything. High school students do not own jewel vapes. Nor do they make flavors, nor do they make the colorful packaging. Do you get my point, people? I think every adult in here at some level needs to say in a corporate, I am sorry to our high school students. I think we need to flat out say it. I'm not going to ask you to. But on behalf of adults, students, I am sorry what we've done to you. My peers... My friends who are making tons of money telling you what to wear, telling you how to dress, telling you how to act, telling you where to rebel and how to rebel. I'm sorry. We have done this to you. And we need to repent. Somebody say amen. Some old person say amen. You kind of count. Forgive me for my passion, folks, please. On one hand, on another hand, I don't apologize for it. Kids need us, and they need us to be helping them. They don't need us to be focused on our comfort. Clay, you should probably drop in right now before I get in trouble.
My soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. His mercies extend to those who fear him. From generation to generation, he has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their innermost thoughts. He has brought down the rulers from their thrones, Matthew chapter 1 or 2. He has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things. He has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel remember to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even to our fathers. That is a poem in the New Testament written by a 17-year-old pregnant, unmarried, married of Jesus. I want to make a few points about this. We've talked about Tamar. We've talked about Ruth. Oh, that's in Luke. I'm, uh, forgive me. I, please forgive me for that. That's, that's Luke's version of Mary's story. We've talked about Tamar, Rahab, Ruth. We've talked about Bathsheba. And now we come to Mary. Susie and I were talking on, on the way in this morning in other than Ruth, these women were probably older. They weren't teenagers. Ruth could have very well possibly been that young. But we have it on good account that the fifth woman in this genealogy of Christ in the lineage of David, being Mary, we have on good account that she was indeed a young woman. I want to make some points. And then I want to move on. But first, I want to draw attention to this book that I have and to the people who are back behind me right now in the nursery and teaching children's church. Um, there's some fabulous stuff out there, and we need to get this for our grandkids. This is called the Action Bible, and I want you to look at, at the Bible. And they've paraphrased these stories into ways that kids can connect with. It's like a comic book, if you will. They're just telling the story of redemption. That fabulous stuff. So this is what our staff, for lack of better words, our volunteers are using in a wise, cagey, smart way to get the message of love, hope, redemption, salvation to our students. Those guys really matter. Now, they don't listen to me because I'm not good with kids anymore. Uh, and so I'm out here with the rest of us. But I am so proud of us for what we do there and there and on Wednesday nights and through little coffee shops and restaurants around this town. I'm so proud of us. High school kids, consider yourselves uh, lucky, by the way, to have a church that does invest so much. I think that Matthew 1, chapter or verse 16, where Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, who of whom Christ was born. I believe that Matthew included those four women in the lineage of Jesus, as a tip of the hat to his friend Mary, 
who he had seen suffer in shame and silence at this point between 25 and 30 years after the death of her son. Um, I want to make a couple points about youth uh, based around this idea of Mary's youth. Point number one, youth can change the world. Very rarely in society do we have someone over 40 really leading major change. It's usually younger folks. Now that comes with a lot of mistakes. But I think Jesus and Mary are a pretty good example of that. Don't you? I'm proud of us for investing. I don't see a. I don't see James Krause in here. Is James here? I saw James last night, and he gave me. I said, James, I want to see you in church tomorrow because I knew I was going to talk about him. He gave me one of these sort of Indian head bobbles, which is not yes or no or anything. It's just this. Well, I was hoping I'd see him. James Krause invested as a young man many, many, many years ago in these communities, and some of you are a fruit of that investment. Young people can change the world. There was a eighth grade girl who was super shy, had a stutter, and to sing her own songs until her brother and her sister would push her to the front and make her sing one song who now travels around the United States leading all kinds of church services and cowboy church service at some of the largest rodeos in the nation and co-host on RFD TV, Cowboy Church TV, that came out of this community. And her name is Susie McIntyre. Young people are worth investing because young people will make a difference. If you invest in me, I'll appreciate it, but I've got 20 more years. Maybe that's a good investment, maybe that's not. If you invest in some of these and some of those, that investment will have a return on investment for the next 40, 50, or 60 years. You want to invest in something, invest in youth, because youth will change the world. Point number two, God often uses youth to work his purposes. Daniel young man, went up to Babylon and was one of the rulers of that very sinful. Joseph became one of the rulers of Pharaoh. Joseph, that young, cocky, naive dreamer, became the salvation for his whole family. Tamar, Ruth, and now Mary. High school students get blamed for society's woes, and I've already touched on a bit of this. I don't know any high school students who have made, and there are some, who have made cell phone apps. But we complain about high school students who look down like this. I don't know of any high school students that own Verizon or any high school students who have stock in Google. I don't know any high school students who have pioneered the GPS system that tracks every move you and I make. It knows where I'm at right now. It thinks I'm in the car, actually. (laughs) 
And we say our students are on the phone all the time. They don't look up from their phone. You know whose fault that is? Do you know whose fault that is? It's not theirs. Kids these days, may each one of us repent of every time we've said or thought kids these days. Youth today, and my final point, often rebel because there's good reason to rebel. In my over 20 years in professional youth work, we would get situations. We had a counseling program. We had a wilderness camping program. And we had a sort of what we called a campus ministry program. And just because you asked, yes, I have had a knife pulled on me by a transvestite, 17-year-old street kid dressed in full clothing and makeup 20 miles into the wilderness. Now you know. We would learn about kids who are in tough shape. We would work with the local law enforcement and local judicial system to help some of these kids who were rebellion. We called them the black shirts. And we'd get these kids and their heads would be down and they'd be quiet and they don't trust anybody. And we'd go to their house to pick up their things. And now I know why they don't trust anybody. I got inside their house and I met their mom and dad. Or I met their mom and their third stepdad that month. Kids these days, may our hearts be broken for what we've done. A church in 1970 in Marysville, Washington, hired a goofy-looking seminary graduate named Dave Grant. Grand track. He was a half-miler, and so he thought he could play basketball. You with me? He could run in a straight line fast. He thought he could play football. He thought he could play football. He thought he could wrestle. He was the goofiest guy, but I will tell you, when I was a 14-year-old boy in, in the hospital with stomach ulcers because my parents yelled late into the night, because my church full of overweight men up here screaming at us about how we needed to repent, how we needed to come forward, and what in the world, 10-year-old, what did I have to repent of? But yet, he made me feel guilty. He put pressure on me and said I needed to repent because I was a sinner. My dad chasing money, and I don't blame him for this. I've made peace with this. Moved my brother and I, fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, and seventh grade. And in ninth grade, I'm in a new school as well. I'm scared at church, I'm scared at home, and I'm scared at school. Scared in the neighborhood because my dad made me wear a crew cut when the Beatles had come out. He made me wear goofy jeans just after the, the skinny jeans first came in. They're not new, by the way. They're late 60s, um, middle to late 60s. 
I had buck teeth because I hadn't got braces on my teeth yet. And so I would go certain ways in my neighborhood to avoid the bullies. I was scared at home, at church, at school, and in my neighborhood. And when I'm a 14-year-old boy in the hospital with stomach ulcers, I want you to catch that. What's a 14-year-old boy doing with stomach ulcers? So when Clay talks about the subject of stress with youth, he's right on the money. But yet we throw out These should be the best years of your life. Try being a high school student, walking up and down the halls of this high school and see how well you'd do. See how well you'd do. Because this isn't 1963 anymore. It's not 1972 and it's not 1953. It's tough out there. Dave Grant came to visit me in the hospital. And he taught me about the love of Jesus. He taught me if I confess my sins, God is faithful and just, John 1, 9. Forgive us our sins. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He told me that no temptation has taken you, but such that is common to man. With temptation, God will provide a way of escape. He said, would you like to be forgiven, Mark? And I said, absolutely. And I invited Jesus into my heart in a hospital room. Mary's Everett, Washington at 14 years old because that church, small church, not much bigger than this one, chose to invest in a youth pastor. And that's why I'm standing here today. So forgive me if I get a little intense about the importance of youth, will you? Because I'm here and alive today because somebody in Everett, Washington came to visit this youth. And that's why I believe in him and I believe in you guys. I believe in you guys and those guys back. Clay, would you come sing a song? Brian, would you dim the lights for me, please? And I won't keep you but a minute, folks. Maybe, and I'm talking to the older folks, because I am one now. Maybe some of you have been convicted or had a stir in your heart about some of the judgment you've had toward high school students today. While Clay sings for us, would you just do some quiet repentance in your heart? And then act on that repentance this afternoon. Make a phone call to whoever you need to. Maybe it's your son. Maybe it's your daughter. I was too hard on you, and I really, really am sorry. Don't just throw out a a flippant, and I apologize. Be authentically humble about it. And enter their story, maybe now, the way that God in heaven entered our story of humanity. Maybe some of you have judged high school students and you just generally do it. While Clay sings this verse, will you quietly repent in your own heart? Maybe and finally, some of us here this morning are so caught up in our own story that all we think about is ourselves. We don't think about the kids except to criticize them. You might want to think about 
repenting about that. Just quietly before God the Father, quietly in your own heart, just repent and say, I'm sorry. Susie and I need to go right afterwards. We're headed for Dallas, so we can't hang around. But if you want to come mention something to Clay or if you need to uh, find one of uh, the overseers, Brian or Charles, and say something to them, then feel free to do that if that would help you on your journey. But just do some quiet repentance in your heart.